this morning, I, I, uh, I don't want to stop what's happening here, so let's not leave. Let's, if, you're, if you're up front, you can stay right where you are. You can go to your seat. It's totally up to you. You can sit down or stand. Um, I came this morning with a message. We were going to start a two-week series on the book of Jonah, and I still think we'll, we'll talk about it next week, and I'm going to talk about Jonah some this week. We're going to talk about the story of Jonah. We're going to pull some theological truths out of it. But I fully believe that this word, the, the word, the end, the end of this message, what the word the Lord just gave me, will bring freedom. And it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with nothing like that. I was sitting over here earlier, I've studied this message all week, and 10 minutes ago, the Lord just gave me this, the end of this message. So I'm going to run through this quickly so we can get to that. And we're going to do another altar call. We're going to open up the baptismal tank for baptism again, if you feel like you want to be baptized. The book of Jonah in the Old Testament, we find this prophet, and um, his name's Jonah. If you've been around church for a while, you've probably heard of Jonah and the whale. This guy that runs from God and then goes on to this ship and he decides, God tells him, hey, I need you to go to Nineveh. You're going to preach the gospel or you're going you're to preach to Nineveh and tell them they're all going to die, basically, for their sins. And Jonah's like, yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not going there. Jonah being a prophet of God. So Jonah says no. And he actually goes down to the port and he gets on a ship going the opposite direction to a place called Tarshish. And it's on this ship that God sends, the Bible says in, in, in the book of Jonah here, it says that the Lord sent this great storm. So they're, they're on the, the, this, this sea and the storm comes and they're all freaking out like, like what, what's happening. And the entire time they're, they're throwing over you know, things overboard to try to lighten the load of the boat. They're trying to figure out what's going on. And they're all like, pray to whatever God that you have because we're all going to die. And they realize that Jonah's on the bottom of the boat sleeping. So they go down and they get Jonah and be like, you, like what happened to you? And he's like, yeah, I ran from God. So he tells them that he ran from God and it says in verse 10, it says, the sailors were terrified when they heard this for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. When I was reading that, I realized something. It was that God allowed a storm to hit the boat that Jonah was on because of the mess that he got himself into. No one bought that ticket for Jonah but Jonah. Jonah had to go and buy that ticket to get on that boat to sail away from where God told him to go. And it was there that God allowed a storm into Jonah's life that threatened his whole life, his very existence. And there's a lot of us, I feel, that we go through storms in life, we go through things, we go through problems, we go through issues, we, we, we deal with things in life, and we go, well, God, where are you? And God's like, I'm right here, you put yourself here. I didn't go anywhere. You, I've been here the whole time. 
and we blame God for the storm in our life that we put ourselves into. And then Jonah says in verse 12, throw me into the sea and it will be calm again. And I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. And then verse 13 says, instead, <laughs> the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to land. Jonah admitted in that moment that he was the sin problem. I, I'm the issue. In that moment, the reason for the storm was was highlighted right there. I'm the problem. I ran from God. And the sailors did what every one of us do. They said, well, let's just tolerate the sin problem and row a little bit harder. Let's just tolerate the issue and row just a little bit harder. But what we find is that it says, but the stormy sea was too violent for them and they couldn't make it. It says, then the sailors picked up Jonah and threw him into the raging sea and the storm stopped at once. It says in verse 16, the sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. You dealing with your sin problem, you dealing with that thing that's plugging you and holding you down, you getting over that, dealing with the sin problem and beating it in the name of Jesus is going to be a testimony to everybody around you. And people are going to see what the Lord has done in your life. And they're going to come to him simply because I... That's not the same person I used to know. And then we get to the fun part of the story in verse 17. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. And then right here, this is the part that I've read a hundred times. I thought I had a really good point to this. And the Lord just kind of slapped me about, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes ago over there. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord from inside the fish. From inside the fish. Standing where he was in the middle of the most difficult thing he had ever faced, that's where he started praying from. He didn't wait until everything was fine and easy and good and it was all of a sudden like you turn on the car radio and it's your favorite worship song and you start crying. It was right in the middle of it when he felt absolutely nothing that Jonah started praying. And then he laid the groundwork for you and I. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead and Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, O Lord, you have driven me from your presence. Yet I will look once more towards your holy temple. I sank beneath, beneath the waves and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates locked shut forever. But you... Oh, Lord, my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. 
As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord, and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies, but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows, for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Jonah admitted his fault. He honored the Lord and he rededicated his life. And as I was sitting over here thinking about this story a minute ago, I was over here and I watched Ryan. I watched you baptize somebody, Ryan. And the Lord said, that's the story. And then I watched, I watched a couple who, she got baptized and came over here and they stood together and had a moment with Jesus. And then I watched a little boy who gave his life. And then I watched someone else climb into the tank. And I realized something is that this entire story about Jonah, this entire thing, and we're going to talk about chapters 3 and 4 next week, but this entire story comes back to one thing. Redemption. Ryan, you were redeemed. He snatched you from, from the pits of hell, Ryan, and he picked you up, he cleaned you off, he anointed you, and now I watched you up here today baptizing people in the name of Jesus. And what I want to tell you, church, this entire book is one big story. It's a redemption story of God calling all of his people back to him, of God making a way for all of his people to come back to him. So we're going to do this. We're going to go back into worship. You guys can all stand. We're going to go back into this and go as long as it goes. Go home. Go get brunch. I don't know. We're going to do something. But here's what I want to tell you right now. You want to be redeemed? You can be redeemed. You haven't felt God in a while. You don't know where he's at. He's right there. This entire book, this entire thing right here, it, it's, it's not so complicated. Yeah, we can get into all the, the intricacies. We can dig into the history. I love theology. We get into all that stuff. But everything in this book points to one man, and his name is Jesus. <laughs> Even the story of Jonah points to Jesus because it's, it paints a picture of a man who ran from God and God said, I'm not finished with you yet. And what I have to say to you today, what the Lord told me I had to say to you today is there are some of you that have run so far from God. You have run so far that you don't even know if you can get back. You are sitting, you're sitting right here in church right now going, I, 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 I don't know if he even wants me back. You, you, the enemy is filling your head with lies. He's telling you you're not worth it. Just, just off yourself right now. 
and why be here any longer? You listen to me, that is a lie from hell. The enemy has told you that you're going to be dealing with depression and anxiety all of your life. That is a lie from hell. Jesus is calling every one of us home to him. He is calling every one of us near to him and it's our choice. He has left that up to you. You get to choose if you're going to look to him or not. So are we. listening to a song this week that says, I love, I love, I love your presence. It literally just repeats that a hundred times. And I was like, oh, I love this song. And then the Lord asked, but do you love my presence? <laughs> I feel like I do. But there's a lot of times that I'm in his presence and I don't move a muscle. Then I have to ask the question, but Lord, How far have I gone? He says, not far enough. You're not out of my reach yet. This whole story is about a bunch of people that we have no right to be in his presence. <laughs> and we take it for granted all the time. Just talking to a buddy of mine just Friday morning about right now, I feel like I'm in this weird spiritual place. Every time I open the Bible, I'm not seeing things. And I'm like, God, are you talking? I don't, I don't know. And it's, it's, maybe I've gotten to a place where I've taken it for granted. Just trying to be real with you because I want you to know there's not, in, 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 in the spiritual walk, it's not always going to be highs. It's not always going to be that every time you, 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 See a shadow, oh, that's an angel. Like, it's not, it's not always going to be like that, okay? There's a lot of really dry seasons in our walk with the Lord. But I think it's in those seasons that he's reminding us that, hey, I'm still here redeeming you. I'm still here calling you close to me. Church, pray and not just not me leading you can we all just can we lift our hands and pray because I feel like for one we need to repent for a second Lord I am so sorry for taking your presence for granted Lord I'm so sorry for taking your word for granted Jesus you are calling you are calling every one of us to you know that we may accept that call. Jesus. church in his presence everything changes nothing is the same as it was 
Jesus, you change everything. Lord, I thank you for redeeming us and calling us back to you. God, I thank you that we haven't gone too far. I'm going to open up these altars. And I think that's important that we all follow the map that Jonah laid out for us. Coming to the Lord, admitting our faults, honoring his name, and rededicating our lives. Admitting our faults, honoring his name, and rededicating our lives. right now these altars are open we don't need to wait another minute we don't need to wait one more second he is so worthy he is so holy Jesus right now we honor your name the speed